Good afternoon, good evening, good day. This is the Material Podcast, episode 198, and I am your host, Florence Ion. I are also your host, Andy Anatko. Andy, did you ever watch that silly Cartoon Network show that was on uh, called IR Baboon? No, I don't smoke was... marijuana. So. <laughs> Uh, so first of all, I had watched that show as I think as like an eight year old. Okay. <laughs> Just FYI, it was definitely one of those silly shows. Your 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 parents were really down. I mean, they no, are this was, down. This was uh, the summer we went to Romania, um, and this is when I discovered Cartoon Network because Cartoon Network was more prevalent overseas before it was prevalent here in the U.S. during like those early '90s stages, and so because. We weren't really allowed outside of the apartment during the day because of the <laughs> the perils, I guess, of being in a post-communist country. Um, we stayed indoors most of the summer and watched a lot of TV. And so I just, every time you say I are Andy Anatko, I instantly get the flashback to those summers that I spent inside the apartment watching <laughs> Cartoon Network. Was that, so it was a good flashback or neutral? It's a, it's or? A, no, it's it's fine. It's a good flashback. Uh, and by the way, that cartoon was called I Am Weasel. Ah. Just if anybody is curious okay, about so Googling wasn't, it. So it wasn't Adult Swim. So it actually had no, no, no. This coherence was, this, and a plot. Yeah. Do you remember like Johnny Bravo and oh, Powerpuff no, Girls? Oh, like I'm it was part fan, of that big generation. Big fan of Powerpuff of, Girls, yes. Yeah, it was a big, it was a fan. Ah, it was during that generation of yes. cartoons on Cartoon Network. Anyway, I'm Florence Zahn, your millennial host. To, <laughs> we got a meeting with Cartoon Network and, oh, shoot, we shouldn't have smoked that extra bowl. When's the meeting? 20 minutes? We got a pitch. Okay. Uh, there's a, a paperclip, and the paperclip uh, sounds like John Wayne, but he's married to a door handle, and they live in a bathtub. Inside, of this is literally Walmart. Space Ghost Coast to Coast, yes. <laughs> right? Now. Uh, which, by said- the way, I, I have always said would make a great please, nobody take my idea. I said would always make a great tech show, <laughs> like just having like a panelist of just tired out tech journalists talking about <laughs> tech, and just like late night, we're just kind of sitting around and just uh. Those CEOs, man. But gosh, where their... where would you where would you ever find cynical, joy beaten out of them, soul crushed, no optimism tech Twitter. journalists? <laughs> this is basically what Twitter is after nine p.m. East Coast time. I can't. I can't um, even. I can't circles. even get the energy to hate how horrible this piece of software is. That's how bored I am right now. That's so just for anybody out there who's wondering what kind of nerd content, geek content, whatever I like, that's the kind of stuff I like. I like the nonsensical kind of stoned humor. Like that's, (laughs) that's what I giggle at. Anyway, this is not about me. This is about the material podcast. Um, so this is episode 198, which means we are exactly two episodes away from the 200th episode, which we are celebrating uh, we're going to have some friends on the show. We're going to be eating cake. I've already been staking out my cake, by the way, Andy. Yesterday, I went to Whole Foods. Yes, I know it's Whole Foods. Whatever. Roll your eyes. But <laughs> they have... I like their cakes because they're not intensely sugary the way that you might experience 
But I might end up going to the local grocery here and getting a tiramisu. I have not decided. And is it okay yeah. if I get a tiramisu? No, because... no. Uh, again, you 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 may articulate this any okay. way you like. This is that you're you're going to be enjoying the cake because again, we have matter transference via IP okay. has not happened yet. Yes, right. I'm uh, I'm sort of fifty fifty between uh, the really good grocery store. That's within walking distance. That has an awesome bakery department. It's not. It's not a chain. It's like. Is this the buttercream? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like oh. every time you you talk about it, I, my mouth starts to salivate. Yeah. yeah. No. No. It's. Uh, you, I you love want, cake. By the way, I want the, the, cake. the birthday cake style yellow cake with a like white buttercream frosting. Wow. The plan B though is to go half hour into the city, into oh. the Italian section of the city, and go to an actual Italian bakery. Because that would just be, uh, if I'm go- if you're gonna have cake, okay. Should we? Should we go Italian for our cakes for the 200th episode? I mean, well, but, see, I'm craving I'm, it. I, I'm I'm saying where it's it's like uh, my uh, my grandfather was an Italian immigrant, so half of my childhood involved like Italian bakeries. And usually, if you're getting if you're getting your wedding cake or your baptism cake or your confirmation cake or whatever from a certain bakery, the baker knows you, knows your mom, knows the kids, and also they know that if every single flower on that cake is not exquisite, everybody at St. Dennis Parish is going to be talking about it for five months, and you will never live it down. Your mom. Your who gave, who let you run the bakery when she finally retired at age ninety three will hear about it and she will simply push you aside and go back to the bakery. That's how intense a good Italian bakery is, and so that's why it's true. I'm, the parents always come back to do the job. Yeah, everybody, <laughs> every see, everybody knows everybody's business, Dynasty. and if your business is cakes, that means that you gotta you gotta bring it. Yeah. And so, again, I don't – this is going to be my first time having cake in the house probably since the the last milestone we had it as a, as a show, so maybe about a year. And I'm going to be freezing at least half of it. So, again, I'm willing to lay out the cash for one of these really – although I'll, I'll seem like a terrible parent if I say, I want, I want a three-layer birthday cake. And, well, what do you want? Well, we have a three-week wait. Oh, that's, I'll take one out of the display because, actually, I'm just buying it for something later today. Like, your son or daughter, you know <laughs> when their birthday is. Who's your mom? I, I'm going to tell your mom about this. But, yes, we're all excited about episode 200. Uh, it's are. going to be uh, – we're, we're actually – to make sure that our special guests were able to be in the room where it happens as opposed to, like – piped in like pre-taped memories uh and and reports and stuff like that uh, we're doing it actually tomorrow so a couple of weeks in advance but that even gives us more license not to worry about what the news is and we'll just have a good old time yeah 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 so and cake. definitely we'll be having a good old time and cake we'll we'll remind you when we start the episode that it is it is an episode of celebration we will yes. be celebrating it'll be jovial it will be fun uh now let's 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 so Let's catch up a bit now. <laughs> so last week uh, we had a very packed episode of discussion about Google's AI ethics board. And uh, I unfortunately was running a little late to post the podcast on Thursday. And so by the time I posted it, 
uh, about an hour later, the news comes out that Google had dissolved its AI yeah. ethics board. Our, so our conversation on that podcast still stands. Okay. Yep. That was We've an important about, just dialogue. Just to refresh people who might have missed last yes. week. Uh, it was we, did, we had several thoughts and feelings about uh, the new uh, Artificial Intelligence Advisory Committee that yes, uh, Google did. had just formed, specifically that they decided, that Google had seen fit to uh, name the president of the Heritage Foundation, Kay Coles James, to that board, even though she's pretty clear about not really being happy about gay people and trans people and... Or climate change, or or not believing climate change is a thing. <laughs> I'm I'm uh. I'm guessing there are shades of nail polish or lipstick that she would cause she would cause her to label you a whore of some kind. I'm guessing she hasn't said anything about that, but she seems like that type. Where now she's, we're getting the explicit label. That's the thing. So uh, <laughs> it was a, it was an ironic. Anyway, so no, I know, uh, I know. I know. <laughs> So certainly uh, uh, tune in to uh, episode 198 if you missed that and you would like to hear us sharing our feelings about that. And of course, like the day I think that the episode uh, was made available, Google said, hey, hey, um, it's because this is the statement that they made. Yes. They dissolved the ethics board saying it's be I'm quoting here. It's become clear that in the current environment, ATEAC can't function as we wanted. This is a Google spokesperson talking to The Verge. So we're ending the council and going back to the drawing board. We'll continue to be responsible in our work on the important issues that AI raises and we'll find different ways of getting outside opinions on those topics. Hey, back to the old drawing board, eh? We're just going to go back to the old drawing board, refigure it out. And uh, again, uh, uh, Google, you be you. But the first thing that when you go back to that drawing board after you use the dry erase marker is just like no super, super, super hyper radical right wing wing nuts. That would be just a suggestion, a hint that... I mean, I'm not. It might affect my purchase of uh, the next Pixel phone. I won't say it will. I won't say it won't. But if that's going to be a factor, if that will tip you one way or another against, or or again, even liberal wingnuts. Again, we're not against conservatives. We're not against liberals. We're just uniformly and agnostically anti-wingnut. And this mm -hmm. woman mm -hmm. is clearly a wingnut. Anyway, mm -hmm. so happy about that. Also, also, Google is. There are a lot of ways in which Google is philosophically the opposite of Apple. One of them yes. is to say, wow, that really was a mistake. In our heads, that was wow, going to come out so much better. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We're just going to take a step back at this and reevaluate. Whereas Apple is the company that will say, well, so what if you don't have any cellular reception? That design of that phone antenna is perfect. No, as a matter of fact, we're going to make it twice as bad reception for the next one just to stick it in your eye that we got this... Yeah. And you know what? Maybe you're just typing too much. You ever think about that? Maybe we're helping you to stave off carpal tunnel syndrome by, by giving you this super flat keyboard that keeps breaking so you stop typing. You're welcome. Oh, not that you thanked us for that. Now we're going to make it even, you know what, maybe on the second thought, 0.51 millimeters of key travel on the power back PowerBook keyboards. Maybe that's too much. We're going to go for like 0.2. We're going to we're going to go for if a fly like were to like a what how thick is a fly's butt that's going to be how much key travel we're going to have on there. 
and you're going to buy it and you're going to like it and you're going to say thank you apple we do and we what I'm, the point is that google is capable of saying that one day andy you'll be this was a good idea but, exactly <laughs> i i wait for your liberation andy <laughs> yes from again I, got, you know what? I, I keep I keep speaking about one day or raising the red banner of revolution, but right. I want to point out that I have many colored banners of revolution. I will when the time comes, I will choose the appropriate color to suit my mood of that day. Right. Like, so speaking like today, of banners, today seems like a sea mist banner of revolution, sort of a greenish, bluish. Hmm. Hmm. That's very spring. Of I'm you. fickle that way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so speaking of banners of revolution, I do have to say that I think what has been an interesting part of what's been going on at Google for the last couple of months is that we really see the employees are telling telling the executive what's up. <laughs> they're saying they're rallying together. They're saying, we're not going to stand for this. How could you do this? Like, we don't want to work with this. And I'm just here to say, Googlers, you're all a powerful voice and your executives are listening. So keep talking because I like what this is. I I like this story. I like that this story is existing in the world. And I'd like to think that the more this becomes a common practice, that the more it'll catch on other places and the more employees in Silicon Valley in particular will feel emboldened to just say, you know what? We have really good salaries and really good benefits, but we're not going to work for a company that is allowing the very the the very example of against (laughs) my way of living. Yes. Thank you. That fell apart. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, there's Uh, it's, it's 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 the employees and to a lesser extent, but also Google seems to understand that the uh, special Android stickers with the rainbow colors on them, they're great. They're great. We love them. But commitment to... <laughs> uh, yeah, these, don't march these in causes. pride if you're not going to march the rest of the year. Exactly. Okay? That's, that's... I mean, ultimately, if you are having a giant float at the pride parade and encouraging your employees there and then hiring folks who are just anti LGBTQ. It's that's complete opposite. Not going to work philosophically, whatever you want to say to yourself. It's just not going to work that way. It's a bad Uh, look. And yeah. And just, I understand both sides of the coin here, but there, again, there's a way to do it. Okay. But the rest of this podcast, (laughs) We're going to actually, Andy and I have decided that we're going to have a nice, a nice talk today. So let's get into, let's get into our first ad. Exactly. This episode is brought to you by Linode. With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud. And you can get a server running in just seconds with your choice of Linux distro, resources, and node location. Linode has hundreds of thousands of customers, and they're all looked after by their incredible 24-7 support team. If you ever run into any problems, just drop them an email, give them a call, or just chat over IRC in the Linode community if that's easier. Whatever suits you best. Oh, and they have some super useful guides and support documentation, so if you just need to quickly look something up, you can. Their new management panel is now in beta at cloud.linode.com. This new management console is a single-page application built using the cutting-edge React.js stack and is backed entirely by our public API, 
and it's open source. <laughs> Plus, they feature two-factor authentication to keep you and all of your data safe and secure. And right now, Linode is hiring. If you want to learn more and check out what they're looking for, just go to linode.com careers. Linode has pricing options to suit everyone. Their plans start at one gigabyte of RAM for just $5 a month, and they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigabytes of RAM. And Linode have a special offer for you. As a listener of this show, you can go to linode.com slash material and use promo code material2019 to get $20 towards any Linode plan. On the one gigabyte of RAM plan, that is four free months. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. Give Linode a try today. That's linode.com slash material and promo code material2019 to learn more, sign up, and make the most of that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Okay, so it's springtime, and in addition to the pollen in the air, which I'm sure is uh, torturing a couple of, <laughs> at least uh, a fourth of our listeners out there, um, I've seen even myself as I age to develop pollen. Uh, <laughs> apparently, I can no longer breathe it in without coughing all day. That's annoying. Uh, but also, it is the apparently the season of phones just propagating left and right. Mm. Uh, we've already had a debut from Samsung. And then this week we had a debut from LG. And we've had a couple of other like little phones, but it looks like Google is also planning to do something. And so this came out late last week, new mid range models of the pixel three phones, couple we've been seeing leaks come out. We've been talking about this now for about, I would say eight or nine months. So this is not, new news, but the tease that has been going on with regards to these devices has just been, I don't know, I want to say maddening because the longer we wait for these phones, like this week, Qualcomm announced new mid-range processors. And so now these phones, like by the time they come out, you know what I mean? Mm. So apparently it's, it's, yeah, it's like they've been rumored to be new Google Pixel phones that'll be like mid-range cost. But there's a difference when you see that, oh, well, some some supplier on some site that had to be translated twice in Google Translate mentions that there might be new tooling for something. And then you're like, okay, that's fun. Let's talk about this after our third beer. But then like this then, week we got enough information that, okay, this could be a thing. Also, let's let's not put aside the idea that you've just spent, what was it, three hundred or four hundred dollars to fix 300. your broken three hundred. So I finally packaged it up today, by the way. Yeah. So so maybe maybe the, the the Google held off on leaking this information until they knew that your check had cleared. And you were not, we would not have the option of thinking about, well, perhaps I'll replace it with a mid, but, but we're getting ahead of ourselves, aren't we? So what happened late last week, besides all the other things, <laughs> there's no stuff happening every day. Let's, <laughs> let's be honest here. Nine to five, Google had caught a fleeting shot of the Google store where apparently there was a listing for a Pixel 3a. I saw this sort of unfolding on Twitter, but I kind of was like, you know what? I'm not going to even 
participate. Like, I'll wait for the <laughs> aftermath of this. And so the aftermath is on that same day, a Redditor had found a reference to two new devices in the Google Play Developer Console's device catalog. The two devices were referred to as Bonito and Sargo, which, by the way, immediately leads me to think of Japanese food because Bonito is delicious on anything. Uh, rumored, which by the way, it's like fish skin scales or something. See, I, it's I, I delicious. Was, I'm unfamiliar, but I thought it was like Mexican food. Uh, no, no, it's, yeah. I know it's because of the bonito, but no, it's, uh, it's fish. <laughs> it's the outside of fish. So it's not vegetarian, but it also makes sense because Google gives its devices, uh, fish code names or so, or I guess sea water code names. Cause we've had whales too in the past which are mammals. So <laughs> this all falls in line with that. These are the rumored code names for the Pixel 3a and Pixel 3a Plus, respectively. Uh, BGR had a report that according to the Google Play console, the Pixel 3a Bonito will feature a 2160 by 1080 display at 400 DPI, while the Pixel 3a XL, also known as Sargo, will be equipped with a 2200 by 1080 display with 440 DPI. Both will have four gigs of RAM, will ship with Android Pie, and will retain the Pixel Visual Core coprocessor of previous Pixel phones. So you're going to get a lot of that camera performance that you're getting on the high-end Pixels that you're paying for now. A line in the system features section of the listing also suggests both phones will launch in the middle of the year. And considering Google I.O. is at that fifth month mark in 2019, which I also know because it's my birth month. So, you know, I really pay attention to those things. I am thinking that we are going to have some sort of device launch happening at Google I.O., which would be exciting, but I also maybe wouldn't hold my breath because I know Google has been really trying to keep I.O. a developer-focused event. It's kind of hard, though, in this day (laughs) day and age of media, right? Because every developer event becomes a news event in some way, Mm. right? So all these specifications that I just read off, they pair up fairly well with all the previous leaks that have been happening, all the things that we've been paying attention to and, and getting excited over. Those leaks had claimed that the Pixel 3 uh, will have a 5.6-inch display and a Snapdragon 670 processor, so that's why I was mentioning the mid-range processors earlier, while the upsized Pixel 3 XL will feature a 6-inch display and a Snapdragon 710 processor, again, very decidedly mid-range. Both devices are also said to include 12 megapixel rear cameras, 8 megapixel selfie cameras, USB-C ports, and headphone jacks. Yay, headphone jacks. So that you won't have to worry about that dongle, I guess. (laughs) But none of these specifications, none of these particular specifications were confirmed by the developer console leak. That's just kind of what's going out there. So this is just been a rumor that's been percolating. It's become more and more of a real thing now that we have... Uh, our favorite uh, watchdog sites, finding <laughs> things and keeping a lookout for what's going on. I I don't know how to feel about this because while I understand why Google's trying to get into the mid-range market, I worry that it's a little too late. And I'm thinking that maybe this first batch is just a uh, sample run. They're just kind of like, hey, we're going to start doing mid-range. And then I feel like eventually the mid-range, because eventually they're going to have to catch up to what companies like Motorola are doing and overseas Chinese companies are doing. And There's a lot of competition in the space. And a lot of manufacturers have 
settle themselves in this space for Android, which I think makes sense why Google would want a slice of it because they're like, hey, that's us. That, that's our platform that you're putting on your phones. We're going to do it our way, yeah. which makes it, sense. It, it does suggest a, a shift in their attitude about what the Pixel phones are meant to do for the company, where historically all the phones that Google has made between the Nexus and the Pixel phones have really been flagship phones, not just for Google, but for Android to show off. Here is absolutely how absolutely. good an Android phone can be when you, which if you have the Apple uh, design model where the hardware designer is also the operating system designer, which is also the API designer. But more importantly, where the the manufacturer decides not to screw it up by adding all kinds of bloatware or adding all kinds of features that don't really work, but they're kind of flashy and they look good on the side of a bus. And they kind um, of save you $100. Yeah, exactly. Well, kind of, too. sort of. Right. Well, basically figuring out how to way to, uh, you know what, what if we don't have a beautiful surgical stainless steel frame with Gorilla Glass 4000 grade glass on the front? But what if we just had made a good sturdy phone that will look great inside? I mean, people are probably going to put it in a case anyway. And Would you rather have like a slightly less deluxe Cartier style phone and $200 or $300 in your pocket? Or would you rather have the $800 phone? Um, I would rather have that Pixel Core processor with me at always, the Pixel Visual Core co-processor. I want that on every phone. <laughs> that was a that was a great thing to see. When I, because we've been thinking about these mid-range Pixel phones for a long time, and the it's it's fine if they only downgrade things that I don't care about. Like again, I don't care if it goes if they go from stainless steel to aluminum. I don't care if they go from a plastic back to from a gorilla glass back to a plastic back or a thin to slightly thicker. Right, exactly. Um, the but the things that I would really hate to the, the reason the 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 thing that's going to make me pull the trigger on a new Pixel phone is going to be a camera that is way better than the what I've got in my Pixel One. Uh, and I know the Pixel 3 already is much, much better because of that visual processor, but it wasn't quite enough to make me pull the trigger this year. I, I, again, I was kind of blindsided by the night sight feature where it's like, wow, there are. I, I define better camera as not as, well, we have, I've magnified this a thousand percent under 18 different controlled lab conditions to take a look at what the pixels look like at at one meter by one meter per pixel resolution i the way i just the way i define good camera of any kind is can i take pictures that i couldn't take with my previous camera that's the kind of thing that really gets my attention and night sight is wow all these shots that were just not even worth even trying uh on 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 uh, the on my pixel one before this update are now absolute not only absolutely possible, but now I'm actually if I'm walking home and it's like dusk or it's dark, it's like actually let's see what Night Sight will do with this sort of thing. So I'm glad to see that they didn't decide to do what Motorola often does when they're trying to really get the price down to $200, $250, where it's like, okay, it'll be a it'll be a decent camera, but it will be very decent for like a phone made in 2012, not for a phone made in 2016. Where it's 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 not it's not that they don't care, it's that they are really the, the big feature of this phone is that more people will be able to afford it. And the stuff that is hard to, harder to negotiate, like a bigger screen that you can read very, very well, construction so that you can drop it. 
you accidentally, not intentionally, but you could drop it. That's sort some of, of us were haunted by ghosts when it happened. Mm, I know. <laughs> I know. It's not your fault. Never, never speak ill of the dead, by the way, because this is what happens. Yes. Okay. My mother taught me this at a young age, and clearly, <laughs> I should have taken it with me. <laughs> Yes. Again, I, again, I refer you back to the previous statement that my grandfather was an Italian immigrant. So <laughs> there's a yes. lot of for, say God love him. If you're yes. <laughs> before, if you say this name, got to say God love him. <laughs> Particularly yeah. if Andy you're about and to I say that see I know I a lot on this stuff because this is how we were both we were raised with both of these things. So we appreciate everybody for being along for the ride because it is sometimes it's fun to mm. just think about all the little nuances that you get uh, raised with. <laughs> We, we 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 both come from a lot of uh, from uh, uh, a, a parts of the parts of the world where at one point in United States immigration history were referred to by federal statute as yes. riffraff. So that's that's something that a lot of us and a lot of our listeners have in common. That there are yes times where again, uh, but yeah. So it's 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 weird. Um, because again, that means if they were to come out with this and if it were really competitive, like if they're selling one of these phones for less than $500, that would really mean that they are running a phone hardware business as opposed to yeah. saying that, as, as opposed to saying that where's, there's a huge profit margin to be made at the $800 to a thousand dollar level. And also this is, this is, this flies the Android flag really well. If they were to say, well, let's cheap out on some things. That means that, well, Motorola and OnePlus are making a lot of money with budget phones. Perhaps we can steal their lunch money. <laughs> Probably. Yes. Uh, you know, what's, I was just thinking about this very quickly. I don't know that this is immediately related, but I just want to share it as an anecdote. Uh, many years ago, I remember Project Aura. That was the thing that was yeah. happening. And the modular phone. I, yeah, and I remember going, I went to the like two developer conferences that they had for it in the South Bay. And I remember one of the key sort of objectives for this phone was to bring it to emerging markets. And that's why they were going to try it out in Puerto Rico. Yeah. They were going to have like this this pilot program happening there. And I think that happened, but for some reason never fully materialized they from there. It, it was that was weird. You reminded me that I should I I should look into that because it was so weird that they announced it. It I just think kind they of actually, crumbled from there. Honestly. And it just it was like in like it was like a Hollywood marriage where like they yeah. got married, there are pictures of the marriage. And then yeah. three days later, you're here. There's, there's this annulment. Yeah. <laughs> While the people cover is still on the newsstands. Yeah. Uh, ooh, which is just bad, bad, bad celebrity. I hate it when that happens, <laughs> but yeah. So I was just thinking about that and thinking, you know, this has been Google's had its sights on this particular market for a really long time because this is where a lot of the other OEMs have made money. So this makes perfect sense in in our world <laughs> and sort of in when it comes to making money and it makes perfect sense too for propagating the pixel brand yeah wouldn't it be fun if they were to make android one phones like if they were to like if they they've already shown how mm. wonderful they can be when they said here if we're gonna if we're gonna design a phone that costs as much as an iphone or ex actually let's be more even more fair costs as much as an iphone before iphone started to cost a thousand dollars and that's what the that's what the Pixel line of phones has been. If they were to say, now we're going to show you how good an Android can be when it costs one hundred and fifty dollars, 
And we guarantee you, we will make money on each one of these that we sell. This is an aspirational product to teach all of our manufacturers that this is how good and how stable and how professional uh, $150 or $100 blister pack phone can possibly be. I would love to see that. I think they would do something super special. You know, it's also interesting, just to segue away from this for a second. Uh, there, so this is actually our next line item, which I think this is this is a good time to segue. So there was an analysis. Re- <laughs> Did I really just pronounce it that way? Uh, <laughs> wow. Excuse me. <laughs> Analyst report. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Sometimes this happens, folks. Um, <laughs> there was an analyst report that said that Pixels are stealing sales from Samsung, not Apple, which I believe. (laughs) (laughs) I believe it just because I was thinking about, so I've been playing with the LG G8 and I know that's not a Samsung phone, but it comes from that like South Korean batch of manufacturers. You know, they both are very, very big phone manufacturers. And I kind of think of them in the same vein because I always see them as in competition with each other since they are kind of on their own home turf, you know, constantly. Yep. Who, who can have the most product placements and how many Korean dramas? <laughs> I, I love I love to play that game with my husband every time we, we start a new Korean drama. <laughs> like, will it be Samsung or LG in this one? Uh, will it be Kia or Hyundai? <laughs> But I kind of bring that there. I I bring that here to the U.S. too, because oftentimes you'll see a lot of this like, sorry, slightly gimmicky features being announced. I mean, with with Samsung, it was this uh, optical or whatever. Optical? No, excuse me. The other kind, fingerprint scanner, which apparently people aren't too happy with. With the LG G8, it's like they have this front-facing camera that's supposed to like do hand gestures. It's so weird. And I think about the relative simplicity of the Pixel line, which is exactly why Apple has worked so well for people, why the iPhone has worked so well. It's because people just want a darn thing that works. They just want something that's simple to come into. They want something that has one of the best cameras. You know, every time I go out with my friends these days, and I'm not just saying this to toot my own horn, they will attest to this, but they ask me to take the photos They won't for the next month, but they usually ask me to take the photos because I have the pixel with me and because they have seen, especially like the last couple of months, because I have the night site and I've like kind of shown my friends like what it can do. They're like, Flo, you have to take like the night photo. You have to take the night shots. We need you to take the group picture. And I'm happy to be in charge of this because that means that I made the right decision when I bought my phone. And so coming from this, my little anecdotal story, this is why I very much see the pixel as being, it's going to become more competitive. I mean, we have like all these giant marketing stories that are happening with like Verizon. I don't know that we're going to see the other carriers, but Verizon's the big one. I mean, that's really the one that you need to have on your side as a manufacturer. And I think as long as they keep peddling the three big phones, which are the Pixel in the US, which are the Pixel, the iPhone, and whatever Samsung has got, the latest iteration of, I think that's kind of what we're going to be saying, propagating. I've used that word a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good word. Um, But that's what's on my mind is I see these, you know, again, springtime seeds. These are all planting little seeds and it's 
it's exciting to yeah. see. No, it's I mean it's it's interesting. And we we get back to talking about like why did Google want to get into the phone hardware market to begin with? Um when they when they and it's it really does seem as though they actually want to create a competitive brand. Um, the so this is a, a study from a research firm called uh, Counterpoint Research that says that fifty one percent of Pixel buyers are formal former Samsung buyers, uh, only eighteen percent, but uh, one out of five, okay, are former iPhone buyers. Um, and so yeah, it's like of, of course they're Samsung is the brand for our, for Android. If they're gonna, I mean, who else is the Pixel gonna poach sales from? Not not the essential phone. There's that's it's probably going to be the number one brand. Um, so if they and not and not OnePlus either, I should add, because OnePlus is they do have a niche that they're selling to, and it and they're increasingly becoming like one of the best deals. Yeah, but absolutely. a lot of people still, you know, outside of very um, very enthusiast circles, you're not going to know about this phone instantly. So yeah. unless you're with an enthusiast or <laughs> you have friends who are enthusiasts, you're probably not going to hear about it yeah. um, immediately. It's a it's a pretty interesting report, and we have a link in the we're gonna have a link in the show notes mm-hmm. uh, for the for this episode uh, because uh, the report also talks about actually OnePlus, and you see that the this sort of uh, legacy inheriting behavior that the Pixel getting most of its uh, buyers from former Samsung people also applies to the OnePlus 6T. Thirty seven percent of 6T buyers are coming from Samsung, and almost the same percentage, sixteen percent from uh, from the iPhone. Uh, and they they make good points that really need to be kind of up in front about there. That oftentimes it really is about advertising. That Samsung and Absolutely. Apple they spend so much money to make sure you are super aware that there's this new phone. And just every like, other commercial, whether I am watching on demand or yep. whether I'm watching live TV, is a Samsung or Apple commercial. Yep. It is like boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Every t- and every time my train pulls into South Station, which is like the main commuter rail and Amtrak Amtrak hub for Boston, whenever there's a brand new Samsung phone, they buy out the entire mm-hmm. every sure. ad space in South Station for there. And Apple, they will they will buy every single bus kiosk they can find, every single pedestrian piece of advertising. Whereas you kind of have the only people that uh, you, the, I think that a lot of people when the first time they find out that OnePlus exists as a brand is when they realize that there is unfortunately unfortunately now the flagship phones made by Samsung and. Uh, and Apple are now $150 more than they used to be, which means that instead of barely affording them, I can't possibly afford them. Is there something just, oh, well, actually, here's a big phone that's actually as less expensive than a, a 2015 iPhone. And, well, it has all these, oh, good camera. And so, yeah, one pl- more people should know about OnePlus because uh, they've always, I, I like, it, it, sometimes the important thing is just that you get the price just low enough that there ha- there's enough air between they they've just done this perfectly there's enough air between itself and the Samsung and iPhones and itself and the Motorola really really cheap phones and Mo- Motorola is still the king i think of incredible value for 250 bucks or less but they realize that there are people who don't want to make the sort of sacrifices that have to be made to make a phone that cheap it's more like making very very judicious cuts in performance and build uh, so that maybe you can only drop this phone 
twice <laughs> onto a tile floor before the screen breaks, and whereas instead of uh, three or four times, and maybe the phone, uh, the, the pictures this camera takes are simply very good instead of excellent. But for more people, again, they'd much rather have an extra $250 in their pocket, or they never had that extra $250 to spend on a phone to begin with. Google's a hardware company now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> But it's it's it's. I wonder what goes on behind the scenes. That's uh, I don't. I've we've always heard that the relationship between Samsung and Google has been one of professional convenience. They're like they're like Penn and Teller, where they're don't, they're not friends. They don't socialize, but when they're working together on a stage, they can do good things together. They're unified. They're, they're unified. unified. Okay, they they can work well it? together, but. There is nothing really holding them together, but once, <laughs> but the more I think the more Pixel phones can uh, continue to eat Samsung's lunch, at least in certain markets. I mean, this, remember, this was a uh, I think the Counterpoint's report only was about U.S. sales. I think um, I only read it this morning, and I was trying to. I, it seemed as though they got their data from sales data from Verizon stores, so it's not comprehensive, but it's useful data. So I don't. So maybe Samsung can say that. Well, they're not stealing. They're not stealing uh, any sales from South Korea. They're not stealing as many sales in Europe and other parts of the world. We forget, even commentators and journalists like us, sometimes we forget that they're. The, the if you go in a boat and go to the wet part of the east coast and the west coast and keep going there are other countries actually oh, yes. if you go you can go up and down and stay dry and you'll visit other countries and sometimes the buying habits and the tastes and the needs of the people in those countries is not all that similar to the united states so but it, but it's it's an interesting look at the numbers. It would, it would be I, I'm sure that Google would be over the moon if it turned out that they are actually uh, turning heads and turning hearts and getting people to leave an iPhone. The most passionate group of brand loyalists there 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 are, and one out of five, one out of uh, six is not bad. But boy, if they found out that they it was their 51 percent of Pixel buyers were actually uh iphone users it's like oh that would be a that's that would that they would buy a billboard for that's they mm -hmm. would they would buy an ad during wrestlemania to make sure that people to make about it that. to to get tim cook back for all those times that he <laughs> made very mean comments yes. uh we have more pixel stuff to actually talk about uh good news happy news yeah no absolutely but first we have to do another ad so this episode of Material is brought to you by ExpressVPN. We can probably all hold our hands up and admit, cybercrime is something we think happens to other people, because who would want your data, right? The bad news is, stealing data from people like you and me using public Wi-Fi is one of the simplest ways for hackers to make money. If you leave your internet connection unencrypted, your passwords and credit card numbers are vulnerable. But there is something you can do to protect yourself from cybercriminals. Start using ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN works by securing and anonymizing your internet browsing. It encrypts your data and hides your public IP address with easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your device. You can turn on ExpressVPN protection with just one click. Then you're free to safely surf on public Wi-Fi without being snooped on or having your personal data stolen. ExpressVPN was rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar. 
It even comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And now here's where I talk about my personal experience and leave the script. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still using ExpressVPN, still very happy with it. Um, I, I particularly like the way that the software works. I don't have to activate it. And if it ever deactivates itself without, like a I, I, uh, connection drops uh, to the internet and then I have to reestablish Wi-Fi or whatever because, you know, <laughs> I'm on a train or whatever. Uh, it doesn't automatic. It does. It it says, "Hey, by the way, <laughs> we're going to make sure that you know before we reestablish your connection to the internet that you are not encrypted right now," <laughs> which is something much better than my old software did. Uh, it will run completely automatically. It will just. It's just as though all the bad people have gone away. You've created a magical universe in which you can actually use free Wi-Fi without worrying too much about it. So uh, just to, uh, I know I say this every single week, but I think it's important. Uh, I'm not getting a free account. I'm not even using the wonderful discount that we're about to offer you through this uh, through this show. Um, I do pay month to month the absolute full amount for it because VPN is something that I really need to have month to month to month. And I'm very, very happy with ExpressVPN. Now we'll go back to the... Uh, we'll go back to the scripted part of this. For less than $7 a month, you can get the same ExpressVPN protection that I have. If you ever use public Wi-Fi and want to keep the bad guys away from your data, you need ExpressVPN. So go to expressvpn.com material to learn more. Protect your online privacy today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash material. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash material for three months free with a one-year package. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of material and all of Relay FM. So, Andy, a while back, we were, well, I think this was actually about two weeks ago, we were kind of worried because we'd heard that there have been some reshuffling around Google's hardware staff, uh, folks that were being shuffled from one department to the other. Uh, or being encouraged that, you know, if you want to stay at Google yeah. and you're designing Pixel books and Pixel slates, you know, maybe just update that old CV. <sighs> Not saying nothing, just maybe you want to look for employment elsewhere. That was that was yeah. a rumor, at least a rumor that Business Business Insider reported last week, saying that there's going to be uh, roadmap quote roadmap cutbacks, or at least that was the scuttlebutt inside of Google. But who knows? Right. So there were workers in those various divisions being encouraged to seek other jobs at Google, and Google from there, I guess. I told to the verge <laughs> that that pixel books and pixel tablets are coming. Like there are new models that are coming and that the reshuffling does not mean the end is nigh, which is good news for those of us who have become fans of the pixel book hardware and the pixel slate hardware that currently exists. We're both big fans of pixel books. I think we're both regular users of pixel yeah. books. Yeah, I just started going back to it yesterday, and I was reminded once again why I like using it specifically because it's a great writing machine. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like it was made for journalists. Also, <laughs> the, you know, the some, sometimes, book- sometimes I do worry about that. That they create. <laughs> that sometimes they say that. Well, who's gonna who's gonna be reviewing this and who's gonna be on TV talking about this? It's gonna be tech People journalists. People who type a lot. So let's let's make sure there's a good keyboard. Let's exactly. make sure that it that there's a the there's, there's a sharing tab for like filing invoices and expense reports. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> there's a blood alcohol level meter so that it will That's tell why you there's that a do not disturb mode. Because you're not, you not drunk enough to, to file this story yet. You really need to get a good buzz on before you'll be able to unwrap the logic of this of this strategy. Yeah, by the way, me writing now is not tipsy. It is under the covers with my feet all wrapped <laughs> up and a heat pad on me and my laptop. That's how I like to write now <laughs> after a long day. Uh, so also, th- this is good news. Uh, this is good news because it means that this idea of Google as a hardware company is, again, going, it's it's a reality now, folks. I mean, there's a reason there's a Google store. You yeah. go there and you buy Google things, Google-made things. And so the Pixelbook Group product management lead, Steve Jacobs, said this at Google's Google Cloud Next 2019 conference, which is happening right now in downtown San Francisco. We think there's some unique things we can do differently than the Pixelbook and Pixel Slate that are going to really help give them what they're looking for when they're working in this new modern cloud-first era. Uh, So just to give you some context behind who this person is, his LinkedIn says that within Google's core technology group, he's responsible for the Pixelbook, Pixel Slate, and Emerging, which would suggest that he was talking about a piece of hardware as opposed to a service. Now, we're bringing all this back around. This is a cloud conference, so they're talking about this up-in-the-cloud infrastructure, but it makes perfect sense for what we're talking about here because we're talking about Chrome OS, which is a majority cloud operating system, and in order for Chrome OS to continue to be a popular operating system amongst us journalists and developers, (laughs) the cloud needs to be... It needs to operate perfectly and it needs to be fast and it needs to deliver what Macs and Windows PCs don't. Yeah. And when, and when uh, Steve Jacobs said that uh, the, the them that he was talking about were workers who are full-time employees but don't necessarily have an office like in the, in the main building, people who can work out of their houses or work on the road or things like that. So it, it definitely shows that g- given that everything that they do is based on the cloud and making cloud apps, that's, that's where they're making all their money at. If, yeah. if someone with this position at Google is saying that we're looking, we're thinking about in really great ways we can go beyond what we've been doing and implying that it's going to be a hardware thing, that's pretty darn good. That's one, one idea that uh, we often talk about uh, Apple and Google differences. Apple, Apple missed the boat early on on what if we put multi-touch into a desktop operating system or, or we don't just simply have this as a second thing. That's what they missed the boat on. What Google missed the boat on was, you know what? We're All we have to do is create an operating system and an API and we'll make it free and let the developers and the, do whatever they want and the hardware makers do and they'll make it really great. And no, they made it really crap until Google said, all right. We we made a wish on a monkey's paw. With we, we were given exactly what we asked for. We should have been more specific. We're going to start making our own hardware to show what Android is supposed to look like. This is we gave you a beautiful steak. We did not ask you to cook it well done and put ketchup on it. We would like to at least if you like it that way fine, but we would like to show you what it would be nice if you aged it, did a dry rub. And then cooked it. Listen, to a perfect I like a rip. steak dipped in ketchup. Just <laughs> FYI, okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna shy away. If you don't have the A1, what are you gonna dip it in? Uh, but I am. I'm just excited. I'm excited yeah. for this. I love that Chromebook is the Chromebook platform 
is becoming just a wider platform. It is now, you know, I think for years now, it's officially been just the other operating system on the market. I think this is, it serves a need for those of us folks who need a computer that we can just grab and go. And um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how many more updates Google will push the Pixelbook in the next three weeks. Because I swear, every time I log on to the Pixelbook, there's a new update for your Chromebook. <laughs> Would you like it? And it's like 79.35.5.7. And I'm like, this one adds a millimeter to the side. Go ahead. Let's do this. Improvements to my Chromebook. Chrome OS team, what fatal security flaw did you find and were desperate to patch, but the patch didn't work, so you have to repatch it? And it's so bad that the whole Earth's crust would melt if it got out. How bad this? I'll, pro- I'll, I'll apply this patch, but we are going to have a private talk, little Missy yeah. and little Mr., It it reminds me a little bit of me and my website where I'm like, wait, I don't like the way this little thing looks. Edit, push live. So what if that's the third change I made in three hours? Yeah. Uh, You know, I appreciate the, the, um, the attempt at being a perfectionist and getting everything right. Uh, but I think this is why we talk a little more about hardware than we do software. Perfect (laughs) is the enemy of good. Uh, but it was. I see. I was. Um, I took the Business Insider piece with a certain grain of salt, although they are of they tend not to print total garbage. Yeah, uh, they're 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 a very good source. It doesn't mean that you have to take everything that they print as gospel, but they're a very good source. It really did make me wonder, if not worry, but wonder, like, oh man. After like a year of not just rumors, but seeing lots of evidence that they are about to push Chrome OS into a brilliant new direction. The idea that if you have like an Intel i3 or an i5 CPU in your in your Chromebook, that it will not, in addition to running Linux, in addition to running Chrome OS, in addition to running Android apps, that it's about that it's been certified for Windows 10. And at some point there might be a dual boot announcement, maybe at Google I.O. All of that, plus my experiences on this Pixelbook version one, got me really excited about what hardware they might announce at Google I/O, and that's the, the whatever money I had taped onto uh, the uh, to an envelope underneath my desk that was ready for the Pixel three that I didn't spend is now like waiting there for there's a Pixelbook version two, and they don't do so, they don't do something silly like saying we decided to make a $180 version of it to undercut Hewlett Packard. Like, no, 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 no. Give me the $750 to $2,000 one where it's really, really good. And so, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm excited about this stuff. So it disappointed me that, like, I don't know why they would pull the plug on something that they obviously have a lot of plans for, but this is google there's a graveyard behind the campus for a reason mm-hmm. <laughs> where uh where lots of other things that i thought were really great and really useful join the land of ghosts and wins well thankfully i mean it looks like we're gonna have a great google io this year so there's lots yeah. to look forward to uh so andy do you want to take us into our last item of the day on a lovely yeah well, we we still have uh, doubts about app uh, about uh, Google's commitment to uh, Wear OS, or at least in terms of building their own reference hardware. 
Uh, I, that's another thing that I had money taped to the bottom of my desk for, figuratively speaking, that if if they come out yes. with a really good Pixel watch, I'm I ready know. to have a good 2019 technology. This conversation was this. literally happening in my Discord, by the way, yeah. which I appreciate everyone for coming in and having dialogue. <laughs> yep. Uh, so that's still still no news on that. They they did create frustratingly enough an exciting new wearable and shipped. I'm not kidding here. An actual wearable device, uh, but as as if to rub our nose in it to say that oh we we have the manufacturing capability. We can make wearables whenever we want. We just choose Andy not to make one at a time where you're very very ready to to to, to buy one. Okay, so there is an annual big design conference in Milan, Italy, every year, uh, and it is called the the Sol- Salone del Mobile. Uh, or whatever. That's I, again. I I know I know how my grandfather used to say words of love and encouragement to, to me, <laughs> and I know how he used to curse when he was help when I was helping him tend the tomato garden. Other than that, I don't know much Italian. But yeah, so an Italian, really big Italian design conference. Uh, so Google, uh, in partnership, uh, in, in partnership with Muto Design, decided to create an art installation. This art installation is called. A space for being, and so what happens is that so it's arts. You, you you walk this path through these artsy things. Meanwhile, you're you're wearing this flexible wristband. It really does look like like a really really fancy pixel color sort of yeah upscale it's pixel thing colors that, yeah like the sort of thing you would get if you were checked into a, a, a hospital for overnight. Or we're like at a three day like music festival, but imagine like or imagine like a silicone watch band, but it's just the watch band exactly. And uh, it's studded with sensors, uh, and it's designed to monitor your measure your biometric responses as you move through the exhibit. Um, I'm going to quote here: the best story comes from Ivy Moss, who is uh, vice president at Google for hardware design, user experience, and research. Uh, and posting to the Google blog, he said this, the exhibit built in conjunction with Muto Design, ready-made architecture, and the International Arts Plus Mind Lab at John Hopkins University is made up of three spaces furnished to look like rooms in a home. However, there is more than meets the eye in the overall design experience. Each space features a distinct look, feel, scent, and sound, complete with unique textures, colors, and design elements. As attendees walk through these spaces, they'll wear a specially made wristband that measures biological responses such as heart activity, breathing rate, skin temperature, skin conductivity, and motion. At the end, before each guest data is deleted, this is 2019, Google has to make sure they put that right in this casual conversation before their data is deleted. Please don't write a think piece about how this is totally... Anyway, uh, they'll see a visual representation of their response to each room and receive a customized readout that suggests mm. which space made them feel most, quote, at ease, unquote. This is cool. I love this so much. This is this is partly this is partly why I love Google because it is so design centric and I love I love this so much. This is this is the kind of art museum thing I would want to go like devote a whole afternoon to go do. Uh, I want to see what my responses are to certain rooms. I want to know what my ideal like creative calm room is, <laughs> and maybe well, it would help inform me of like how to 
how to create my space at home. True. Or may or or maybe it will cause artists to create like clickbait upholstery and clickbait art saying that gosh we need to we need we're, we got data that said that no one responded to this futon we got a what if we would have made it out of really squeaky vinyl and it's oozing like green colored corn syrup like ooh, look their galvanic skin response shut up they at least we got a reaction to it it'll get noticed maybe it'll get instagrammed uh, i i it, it's it's what, what what made me think about uh, think a little bit about this is that it will get instagrammed by of course way. yes <laughs> Um, but what, uh, what I liked about it is that they, there's, there's some pictures of these bands. Uh, I'm guessing you don't get to keep them. I'm guessing that they, you know, wash them and then, <laughs> then, re- yeah. then relocate them. But, uh, they're just really nice little colored bands that have obviously no screens, no indicators, no buttons, no anything. I assume that they are, they have uh, contact, excuse me, they have wireless charging, built in you just drop it onto a chi charger or something in bulk to charge them up and it really made me think that um i don't after now that we've had uh smart watches for a number of years not just things as sophisticated as the apple watch but also things as simple as just a 50 60 70 dollar garmin band with a little oled display on it I can kind of do without having the smartwatch display. What I really want is the heart rate monitor, the motion sensor. And because I almost always have my phone on my body when I go out, uh, what if Google were to create this as a product where all it is is a sensor band that goes around your wrist that you charge it. And because it has no display to power, it will just go under low, uh, low power Bluetooth that maybe it would char- a charge would last a few days and it would be really as thin as a watch band, maybe just a little bit, tiny bit thicker. Um, I would still get the heart rate tracking. I'd still get uh, certain health data that's being transmit- transmitted to my phone. And it would be something that I would be probably more likely to wear every day. I've, I've kind of now the my two smartwatches, my Apple Watch and my Android Wear watch, are now sort of in a rotation. They're, they're sort of in a, in a watch pool with three other like traditional watches that I will just grab depending on my mood for the day or just what I happen to find first as I'm rushing out the door in the morning. But this, if if uh, there were like a fifty or sixty dollar band that again I didn't necessarily have to keep charged every single day, and more to the point, would never be distracting me with beeps and lights and buzzes. That seems like the sort of thing that would keep on my right wrist all the time, as the device on my left wrist keeps changing. So um, I hope this wasn't uh, just a one-off sort of thing. I hope this is uh, maybe. I'm, I'm sure it's a precursor to something else. Um, you know what I mean? I'm, I've been trying to find a picture of it on Instagram and unfortunately it looks like it's not, it has not been Instagrammed. I'd assume that they don't allow photos or something of the sort. I'll, I'll, I know that's in my browser history. I'll make sure that I give it to you so that we'll have it in the show notes, but you were talking about it it is almost featureless. It's just like the sort of like, uh, pastel peachy colors that you associate with when google puts color on mm-hmm. a pixel device it's the it's the the pink coral color and then it's the greenish the, the coral pinky color orange and, coral yeah. the greenish color the teal yeah all the basic pixel colors i just i'm very I'm very curious to see what the results of this will be mm. if they're going i mean i'm 
I know they say guess, guess the data is deleted, but surely there's going to be a graph at the end that also anonymously. If if I could uh, if I could uh, ask listeners to do uh, do me personally a favor, I won't speak for Flow, but uh, this is all on me. Um, if uh, if Google the second time I almost said Apple instead of Google, uh, if Google were to create this as a product, well, let's say at Google I/O, every developer gets one of these bands, and there's an API, and there's going to be like consumer level ones things. Um, I'm going to predict that the knee jerk think piece from most of the commentators is going to be, you know what? The only mistake they made was they made it a wristband. They should make it bigger so you could actually wear it as a collar around your neck because that will make you completely into Google's dog. You know, censoring, make, that, that, that make sure the leash between Google's ad tracking is pulled tighter and tighter. And then you can say, yeah, that's real clever. Andy Anatko made that in a sarcastic way, predicting that you'd be an idiot and do a think piece using that as your motif. And that, that was actually uh, copyrighted on uh, Thursday, April 11th, 2019. And maybe it'll feel them, it will not undo the stupid thing that they wrote but at least they might feel a little bad about themselves really i thought that i i was you know i kind of pat him i actually read that aloud to my girlfriend or boyfriend because i was so proud of that little twig you know i thought that you're right maybe i'm just saying things that everybody has said all the times and reminding us of things that we're all completely aware of vis-a-vis google tracking us and maybe i'm just coming across as a really Drunk and disorderly and cynical college freshman. And on that note, uh, Andy, thank you for imparting that bit of design news onto us. And if you, you know, and if you're going, if you're uh, attending, actually, that would be the second, uh, second on the list of favors you can do for me. First on the list, if you are attending uh, the Salon del Mobile. and you can distract somebody and just like pocket a couple of these and then mail them to me and to I'll Flo as well. I'll give you stickers. I'll give you exactly. stickers. That's what, that's what I can give you in exchange. Right. I'll, I'll find something in the office that I can – like uh, I, just, I just bought these new uh, like uh, semi-transparent curtains for the office. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll, send, I'll give you a set of these. Great. Perfect. I, I'll, 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 I'll they try work to sweeten anywhere. That. I'll, I'll sweeten that deal. But again, you know, I'm not asking you to steal – I'm saying that information wants to be free, yes. and uh, I certainly want to get one of these for free. I will pay for posters, though. <laughs> That's uh, all I have to say. Andy, uh, so in addition to asking people to steal things for you, uh, do you want to leave it? <laughs> We're helping Google to publicize You're their right. wonderful technology. You're right. You're right. Uh, helping Google get stuff out there. Is there anything that you want to leave us with before we close out the end of this podcast episode? Love each other. Love yourself. You're going to be stuck with yourself in this body for a long, long time. If you're not your greatest ally, who is going to be? Yeah. Also, uh, check out you... my Instagram at Anatko and my Twitter at Anatko and my blog at Anatko.com. Didn't you tweet that yesterday? I thought it was a very nice tweet, by the way. Yeah, that occurred to me. Uh, <laughs> it's something that occurred to hey, me. Hey, it's a good yesterday. thing. It's a good thing to remind people. See, this is this is the we're at the end of the show, so we don't we we already done the business of Google. Yes. Uh, the <laughs> this is this is the evol- I'll, I'll get I'll read the tweet to you and then give you the the evolution of a tweet. 
uh this was like at 1 a.m or something <laughs> last night um I said there's parenting and then there's the closely related skill of self-parenting, mm-hmm. nurture, encourage, and trust yourself, help mm-hmm. yourself grow and let yourself make mistakes. Don't be afraid to appraise your own behavior truthfully and objectively above all love this special person. And I thought, and I thought that was, that was something that maybe some people would need mm-hmm. to hear it from time to time. Mm-hmm. It would also, uh, <laughs> it also was like a, uh, I started off trying to comment on how, Super, super tempted. I was. I found like a, a a discount code for the Metropolitan Opera that so I could get orchestra tickets to a production I really, really want to see that's happening next week for fifty dollars instead of one hundred and fifty dollars. And I just, I had, I knew that it was going to be a bad idea to go to to spend. Not, it's not just fifty dollars. It's also at this point, it would cost me one hundred and twenty dollars or so for the Amtrak tickets. Plus, I would probably need to buy myself dinner. This is like me going to L.A. for something. Yeah, Except exactly. Except L.A. is much farther, but yeah. Yeah, it's like we're, we're talking at least two hundred dollars. And but, yeah. I, but ta- I, really, yeah, exactly. I realized that I've 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 acquired these self parenting skills where if I were a bad self parent, I would be saying, "Oh, you are not dropping two hundred dollars," especially after. Okay, you saw Joyce Giordano when she did that recital in Boston. That was seventy bucks, and you paid full price for orchestra seats uh, to see uh, the new production at the Met of La Traviata. That was full price plus the train fare. But that wasn't enough. You need to spend two hundred dollars for the. It was no, I I respect and I think I trust this this Andy Anatko fellow. Um, I'm going to let him figure this out. Oh, yep. See, he's actually going to Amtrak to fi- find out how much it costs. And now he's thinking about it. Okay, actually, that, that wasn't dumb. He actually fill- went to the website, filled in the promo code to make sure it worked, selected a seat. This, but is, how, this is how ba- Andy self-parents. Basically, basically, to ma- <laughs> basically to make sure that if he decided to say yes, that he wouldn't lose out on this deal. But no, he didn't actually click the payment button. And like, Yep, and now he's closing the tab. Okay, see, I, I, I trust. All I had to do was say... Mm-hmm. Okay, so now that we figured out it's going to be at least two hundred dollars, do you still think that you need to see it, or do you think you can sit this one out? You see, so that's but that couldn't fit into a tweet, and also it didn't seem when I when I post things on Instagram and Twitter, I try not to make it. Hi, I want you to think about something that I said or did today because I need attention from it. I try to have a thought and transmogrify it into something that would be useful for an objective third party who doesn't. No one anything. would have had any idea that you were referring to self-parenting yourself about spending too much money on opera tickets. <laughs> yes. So you definitely, definitely use that content or rather recycle that content into a bit that I – good job, Andy. I say, good job. It's a, some, and sometimes when I tweet things like that, again, I'm leaving, I'm leaving a Post-it note for myself to find <laughs> when I need to say, mm-hmm. don't – Andy – you know how you said that you made that mistake and you said out loud and alone in your office, my God, you're such an idiot. Don't, don't do that. That's mean. Yeah, don't call is. yourself an idiot. You made a mistake. And Andy you're gave smart me a to... similar talk before we started the podcast today, by the way. I'm a, I am the Mary Tyler Moore of tech journalism. <laughs> I try to turn He's the world on with a smile. Make it after all. No, oh, I'm definitely going to fail, but at least I will, people will enjoy seeing me twirling and throwing my hat in the air. <laughs> Uh, as for me closing out this episode, I'm at florencelion.com and on Twitter at oh that flow and on Instagram at oh that flow. And I'm posting things here and there and everywhere. 
I don't really have a cons- I don't really have a schedule yet, but you know, springtime is here and I'm feeling more productive, which is good. So, <laughs> yes. yay. Um, so I guess now it's just us saying goodbye and we hope that y'all have a great rest of the week and we really look forward to seeing you next week. Oh, 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 oh.